Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the Technical Marketing Manager for Autodesk Inventor. Today is Thursday, December 14th, 2006. This is episode number 7. As many of you know, we just recently had Autodesk University in Las Vegas, and uh, we're just kind of wrapping that up and settling down a little bit, but it was really great. I had a chance to meet with a lot of different Inventor users and kind of see how you guys are using the product and you know some of the wishes that you have, and, and really had a good time out there. Uh, it was also nice to hear that uh, I talked to several of you that actually listen to the podcast and go out to the manufacturing community portal quite often. So it's great to see that uh, that you guys are actually using some of these tools. So you know, thank you for those that uh, those of you that have downloaded podcast episodes in the past, and also welcome to any new listeners. Uh, I'm going to start off. Let's go through some of the things that we're going to talk about. I have uh, a couple of different areas that we're going to focus on. This will probably be a little bit shorter podcast than we've had in the past. I've, I'm going to be out of town the next couple of weeks into the holidays and wanted to at least get something off before the end of the year so we can start out with uh, a fresh slate next year. So we're going to jump into some news. I've got some news articles that I want to talk about or some news events. And uh, I have a, an article that I'm going to talk about. There's a couple pieces of technology that I'm going to hit on. And then I've got a couple of tips and tricks, and we'll wrap it up. So with that, let's jump right into the news. So our first piece of news comes from 3D Connection. While we were at Autodesk University, they, they introduced a couple of new devices, and I actually swung by their booth to take a look at them. And I was pretty excited. I, I've been a, a longtime user of some of their utilities uh, or some of their tools. Many of you are maybe already aware of what they make, but they've got a little device. It's a little 3D device that allows you, it's on the left side of your computer, so you'd use it with your left hand. And it's just kind of a little puck thing that you can actually navigate, rotate your model around, zoom in, zoom out, pan it around without having to do it from your mouse. So it's really great to be able to use your mouse to navigate to, to different tools and dialog boxes, but really you never have to go to your mouse to, to zoom or pan around. So they came out with a couple of new devices. One is the Space Navigator, and I think the most exciting thing about this is they've really dropped the price point for it. That you know this is uh, this is for a desktop unit. It's very similar to the Space Traveler, but it's heavier and it's meant to to be for a desktop. And they they have two different price points. One is $59 and one is $99. It's the exact same device, but on the $59 one you get, uh, I believe it's web support, but the $99 one you get email and uh, phone support. So just depending on what level of support you want, but I, I was actually able to, to talk to Tad Shelby, he's their marketing manager, and uh, he, he hooked me up and gave me one to play with. And I would have to say it's probably my favorite one to date. It's, it's a fantastic device. They also updated DWIF and, well, the DWIF driver and Google so that uh, you can download a, in fact, I think it's on the latest driver that you'll be able to navigate around Google Earth or if, uh, if you pass DWIF files around, you'll be able to navigate around with, uh, within the DWIF file. So pretty exciting news. I really like those. They also had a, a new, another new one that they came out with, which is the Space Explorer. And it's very similar to their Space Pilot, but it doesn't have the, the display screen. And I believe it's $299. So, you know, it's a fairly inexpensive one compared to some of the other ones as well. So they have a wide range. You know, they start out at $59 and go up. And uh, I've actually heard of people now buying them even for Google Earth. Just, you know, it's so inexpensive to buy them that it's a pretty neat little application. 
and they're very well built. So anyway, I just wanted to hit on that. Definitely a nice little tool, and uh, you can go to 3D Connection's website. It's www.3dconnection, and that's 3dconnexion.com, and uh, pretty pretty fun stuff. The next thing I'm going to hit on is a new labs utility, which is Freewill. It's actually been up on labs for a little while, but if you go to uh, well the the labs.autodesk.com there's a new little utility called Freewill that allows you to to post a DWIF file to the internet to a, a website and from there you're actually able to give somebody that URL and they'll be able to pull it up and view it without having any type of application so I would say that's been one of the biggest things that I've heard about DWIF is you, you know if you give somebody a DWIF file they need to go out and download a, a 30 meg file to view it well now you'll be able to upload that DWIF somewhere on the internet give somebody that link and they'll be able to view that. So that's a pretty exciting little tool. And uh, you can get there. A, a quick way to get there is http colon forward slash forward slash dwifit, D-W-I-F-I-T dot com. And my last piece of news is uh, for those of you that like, like to get uh, different training material and get up to speed on some of the new products, there is a sale right now going on for courseware on our e-store. So if you go out to our e-store, there's a number of different Inventor uh, essentials books and, and different courseware that you'll be able to find is on sale. The, they start out at approximately $50 and go to about $85, and the, the sale will go on through the end of the year, December 31st. So if you get a chance and you're looking for some courseware, you'd like to learn a little bit more about Inventor, this might be a good time to go out and, and find some books and that maybe even a stocking stuffer for somebody. I found an interesting article that I wanted to hit on. Jeffrey Rowe writes for Catalyst Manufacturing uh, periodically and he had a great little article that I read that thought I would pass it on your way. He actually did a class at Autodesk University with uh, Inventor and the construction environment. So any of you that if you've imported in data before from IGIS, SAT, or STEP and you've needed to repair it uh, there's a construction environment within Inventor that allows you to go in and clean up those things that is uh, it allows you to do those things without working in a parametric environment and uh, clean up the model and then be able to use it in a parametric environment and do various things with it so he just talked a little bit about his class some of the things that uh, that he spent some time on and I thought it was well worth taking a look at if you if you ever have to import in data and you may not be familiar with some of the tools out there this isn't a tutorial but it definitely may give you an idea of some of the capabilities that are found in the construction environment and give you a chance to, to maybe better familiarize yourself with it and, uh, and see some of the things that you might, you might be able to fix up that you haven't been able to do in the past. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but uh, that's by Jeffrey Rowe. And you can actually probably get to it if you go to the Catalyst Manufacturing website and, uh, and just do a search for Jeffrey Rowe, and it's called the Interoperability Challenge. And uh, again, just great little article. Our next section is a technology section. And I want to hit on a new little utility that's going to be available out on Autodesk Labs. For those of you that may not be familiar with Autodesk Labs, Autodesk has a website that allows you to go out and see little projects that are kind of pre-beta and get an idea of some new functionality that will be in various project or products that you can take a quick look at, install it, try it out, 
Uh, we have a feature recognition little uh, utility up there. Also, Project Freewheel that I talked a little bit earlier in this podcast. And one that uh, we anticipate coming out by the end of the year is one called a 2D to 3D tool. And for those of you that have AutoCAD data that have imported it and turned it into 3D geometry, know that sometimes it can be a little bit challenging trying to get the views oriented properly and start making your 3D model. This little 2D to 3D tool allows you to basically have a glass box specify the the side that you want to put the geometry so you could pick a, a face of the glass box tell it that that's going to be your main front view and then you could select your top and your right view and it will automatically map those two views on the other sides of the cube and rotate them and orient them properly so basically it just kind of orients all of these views together so then you can go in and just start extruding your model and it makes it much easier to to go in and start working with them and uh, pretty excited about that I've been able to use it a bit and you know it works fairly well granted it is uh, it is on labs so it's not complete but it is a in very working state that you can go in and, and be able to turn a lot of your 2d parts into 3d models and definitely recommend going out and taking a look at that it should as I mentioned uh, we anticipate that being out there towards the end of the year but uh, it could be the first part of January so go out to Autodesk or labs.autodesk.com and maybe just check back periodically and you should be able to see that up there. We also have had a podcast a month or so back on feature recognition. So for those of you that this might be your your first time listening to an episode, there is a feature recognition utility out there that allows you to pull in a SAT or solid, a SAT or step file or even an IGES for that matter that uh, may be turned into a, a solid and you can take that solid and start turning it into a feature-rich part. So there are a couple of nice little utilities out there to take a look at and be able to utilize. So definitely, as I mentioned, take a look at it, and we're always looking for feedback. So at the end of the podcast, I'll give you an email address that uh, comes into my inbox and a few other people's that we love to hear feedback on these things as well as the podcast. So feel free to, to send anything our way. The, the next one that I wanted to hit on in technology is a couple of things on the, the manufacturing community. I don't know how many of you have, have played around a little bit with profiles or created your own profile in the manufacturing community, but the other day I was just kind of poking around a little bit and came across a couple of things that I didn't know was out there. Uh, one of which, if you create a profile, you can put in a little bio, and you also have the ability to create a portfolio and this portfolio you can put a number of different images and it'll just play a slide library and so I wanted to to put a link in the show notes of my particular profile I've got a portfolio set up right now I only have a couple of images out there I'm gonna try to extend that or expand it a little bit and add more and more as time goes on but it's just a great way to be able to put some pictures up there that you may think that they're cool pictures or it may be some things that you've rendered or or your actual machines and let other people see it. Uh, You also have the ability that you can give people endorsements and you can also put uh, your friends list in there so that you can go over and see their their, uh, profile from time to time. So just a fun way to, to see what people are doing out there. I know that you guys don't have uh, just a a ton of time to spend out playing around on the portal, but if you get a chance, it is a a neat little experience to see different things out there and see what some of your peers are doing with Inventor. 
Well, we're winding down to the last stretch. Let's jump into some of our tips and tricks. Many of you probably thought I was kidding when I said this would be a little shorter. We're probably going to be about 10 or 15 minutes shorter than a lot of the other podcasts. But the first tip and trick that I'm going to hit on is a, a skill builder that we have out on the manufacturing site. And it is a, a cam and valve skill builder. Those of you that may have used some of our dynamic simulation in the past, this allows you to, uh, to download a data set and then step through a nice little tutorial on that. And this, uh, if you ever want to go to various skill builders or tutorials, if you go out to the manufacturing community, you can go underneath productivity and tips. It's on the ribbon bar, the, the last option there. And then you have tips, daily briefings, articles, skill builders, and tutorials. Well, the, the particular one that we're going to hit on is a skill builder, and it's Cam and Valve. It was posted in uh, on October of, uh, of this year, so it's a pretty recent one. But basically, it's a little mechanism that has a cam on it and then a little valve. And you want to be able to, to spin the cam and have the valve move up and down and have, uh, have some forces and various things in here. So if, uh, if you've wondered how dynamic simulation works, and don't really know how to apply various joints and you know the work in the environment this is a great little tutorial that allow you to go in download some files and actually work with constraints and joints and and move back and forth and get a little bit better understanding so and it truly is a, a tutorial that'll step you through each step along the way so i'll put a link in the show notes you can download it it has as i mentioned the data set and the steps to go through that the next one that I want to hit on is uh, during AU, uh, and, and I know I've mentioned AU quite a bit, but uh, there, there was a lot of great information that came from AU, but I had a class that I had put together that was uh, collaboration, something about selling pretty pictures, and I couldn't remember the exact title of it, but I, was, I, I put a document together that kind of stepped through uh, building presentation files, that's IPN files. Uh, working with DWIF files and then Inventor Studio. And it's about, uh, if I remember right, a 15 or 20 page document that has a lot of information in there. And some of this is stuff that I gleaned from the help system. You know, sometimes it's difficult to pull all that together in one spot. So I, I went through the help and found quite a few great little pieces that normally I, I don't run across. And then also just from product experience, I put this stuff together into a, a little document. It's a PDF file. And out on our, our blog, you can actually download it. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's, it's hopefully a nice little document that will step you through if you're doing any of the three creating DWIFs, presentation files, or studio, and have questions about how to create any of the three should give you some nice little tips. And, you know, I, I have, it's not a step-by-step -step tutorial, but it really kind of lays out what each of the environments are, how to work in there, and, you know, some of the things that you can do. And I'm starting to see more and more rendered uh, rendered models come through. In fact, uh, on the discussion groups on Fridays, I'm seeing more and more. There was a, a, uh, a crankshaft last Friday that was, it was amazing. Somebody did a fantastic job. I think, uh, I can't remember exactly who did it, but if you get a chance, take a look at some of the images that people are posting on Fridays. But in in Studio, there are a couple of settings that I have in this document for creating a skylight, and it really eliminates the need of putting any lights in there and, unless you want just a particular type of shadow that will be uh, in a particular area. 
So if you get a chance, pull down the document. It's not a very, very big document. It's fairly long, but it's uh, pretty small to pull down and take a look at it. The next tip and trick that I wanted to hit on was, it was one that I posted some time ago. It was last year, in fact, last year about this time, and it was several uses for the control key, and I don't think it ever made it in a podcast. And this is one of those that it's subtle, but there are some really nice uses for the control key that I don't think many of you have, have seen or heard of. So one of the more obvious when you're drawing a line, if you hold down the control key, it'll it'll disable adding vertical, horizontal, or perpendicular constraints, virtually any type of constraints. So, you know, from time to time you may have a, a big sketch that you're drawing a line and it keeps adding some type of constraint somewhere. Well, hold down the control key and it won't add any of those constraints. You can go back later and add whichever ones you want. So that's that's one really nice use for the control key. Another use of the control key, when you're placing a dimension, you have an application option where you can tell it that you want the dimension to pop up as soon as you place a dimension. And I usually turn that on, so anytime I place a dimension, I can type in the value and move on. I don't have to double click on the dimension. Well, there are times when I don't necessarily want that to pop up. So from here, if I hold down the control key, it's going to disable that automatic pop-up and vice versa if I don't have that application option turned on so that my dimensions automatically pop on uh, if I hold down the control key it'll have them automatically pop up so it just kind of reverses whatever your application options are so that's another nice little use for the control key and the last tip I have for the control key is by default in the application options Inventor automatically makes an adaptive associative cross part projection. So if I have two parts and I have a sketch on one of them and I want to project edges from the other one, when I select those edges it automatically makes them adaptive. So when the second part updates, it updates a sketch on the first part. Well, if we want to break that link periodically, you can do it manually, but you can also, when you're in a sketch and you're projecting that edge, hold the control key down and it'll automatically project it over but it'll no longer be associative so and again that's a, a toggle so depending on what your application options are will depend on what holding the control button will do but it's just a great way to toggle that back and forth very similar to the dimension edit so a couple of nice ways for the control key and some of you may know of other areas that the control key works that I'm not aware of so if so definitely shoot me an email uh, if you have any questions comments feedback definitely shoot us at inventor.blog.feedback at autodesk.com. And uh, we'd love to hear back from you. If, if there are sections that you really like that, uh, that we don't do very often, let us know. If there are things that you'd like us to add, let us know. And uh, we, always, we always like to hear feedback and see if you guys are liking the podcast and uh, who's listening to it. So hopefully you guys will have a good holiday, and those of you that are in the United States, and we'll catch you the first of the year. 